only you, only you, you will what? understand what? and appreciate what's about to happen. Now this goes down to my people's representing me, a smooth operator operating correctly. Now this goes down to my people's representing eclectic relaxation. Now this goes down to my people's representing. Rock grooves and make moves with all the mommy. E. Conceited bastard. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommy. I'm to introduce myself. You want the man. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommy. You said I'm not the E. You want to make it burn. Most critically acclaimed Pulitzer Prize winner. Best storyteller. Thug narrator. I went my step up in the place. They know I step correct. OG pimp, hustler, gangster, player, hardcore motherfucker, living today. To be honest, I am totally and completely on his dick. Welcome back to the show, it's the EDP, Encyclopedia Hip Hop. Oh, um, a show ago, you listen to me and Didi, you listen to me and Spinderella, wax poetic about just about some everything. And uh, this this show, we got we got the other person on the couch. <laughs> if you if if you're a hip hop yeah, fan. Yeah, if they, they if they know if they know they hip hop. Yeah, if you know your hip hop, there's the other person on the couch. Um uh, MC, producer, trendsetter, geek, uh yeah, it's the force of twenty men like a Jedi Knight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Quam Vader, K one, one million. What's up? Kwame, what up, what up, what up? What's going on, homie? Yo, nothing, man. It's, 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 it's uh, welcome to the show. It's been, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. You know, part of my flagrancy. <laughs> That's what it is. Look, you, um, you're at the Grammys, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm out in LA. Um, not necessarily out here for the for the Grammys, but you know, out here running around doing the the politicking of the Grammys, if you want to call it that. I can dig it. I can dig it. You got to do that. Um, uh, people listening, this is going to be a, a treat for you listening. Um, we're going to hit a lot of things here. Music, uh, action figures, sneakers, <laughs> some, of, some of everything. So uh, let's take it from the top. Uh, you were, you were you're from Queens, right? Queens, New York. Born and raised. Yo, so I think around the time you came out, I thought you were from Philly. You know what? I don't know how that started to come about. I did spend a lot of time from Philly. A lot of my best friends are from Philly, you know, so I guess I was seen a lot out there, so I guess yeah. people thought they were putting two and two together, but they were coming up with seven. I'm going <laughs> to tell you, I'm going to tell you why I thought it. Because first you had Tap Money. Uh-huh. And, and, and EST was in the video. You were in Larry Laird's video for the, you know, that's yeah, what they yeah, call yeah. me. I'm like, shit, he could have been a hilltop hustler as far as I know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, Tat Tat was a... The funny thing is this. Before I dropped my first album, mm-hmm. 
I met Tap Money and Steady B and Cool C at a, a show that they were doing with Kid and Play. And we all hit it off and we all got real cool, especially me and Tap. So when my DJ B-flat, the late B-flat, um, wasn't able to continue with a new beginning, the first person I could only think of was Tat. And it was so coincidental that Tat, uh, Tat was not rocking with Steady at the time. So, you know, it just it just worked out. As far as EST goes, I met him on tour and we we all just became real good friends, you know, between me, EST, Tap Money, Larry Lair. You know, that was just our little New York Philly connection. Yeah, shout out to Larry Lair. Wizard, the yeah. wizard. That's yeah. right. That's what they call him. Um, yo, speaking of you and EST, I mean, if you think about it now, of course we got the hip hop, but then you start doing producing, you're producing Christina Aguilera and all these was and, and ESC is over here writing for Beyonce. So basically just taking over the whole fucking, no genre is safe right now. Well, you know, it's just about, I guess, the time that we grew up in, we didn't grow up, I put it like this, kids today pick and choose what genre they love. And they stick to it. Yeah, like it's a sports team. Yeah, when we grew up, we loved everything. True. You know, we we grew up with hip hop, but bef- you know, before we loved hip hop, we loved just everything. Radio stations were a little bit more lenient, Definitely. so they would play the right amount of hip hop, pop, R and B all together, and we soaked it all in. And especially hip hop has soaked everything in because if they were into samples and digging like that. You exposed yourself to everything. So it's a natural progression for somebody like myself or EST or any anybody from that era to write and produce and everything like that because we were exposed to everything. It's not we don't just understand hip hop, we understand everything. True, because I mean I I said before on the show, when we grew up, we actually had genres. So yeah. you had soul, and you had R&B, and you had funk. You had a lot of, you had things, and they were different. In my opinion, most of the stuff right now is popular music. It's just a, just different kinds of popular music. But before you would have your different radio stations that would play different things, you wouldn't hear, you know, you're not going to hear the Doobie Brothers on your R&B station. I mean, you could, but you're not going to hear certain but, people you know, on certain but, stations. No. But not to cut you off, when I was a kid in New York, we had this state, we had two stations. One still exists, WBLS. Yeah. And then we had another station, 92KTU. It still exists, but it's just a different format. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, man, when I was a kid, the playlist would go from Grandmaster Flash to Blondie yeah. to the Doobie Brothers to Madonna to Michael Jackson to Culture Club to James Brown, they played everything all on one station. So for me as a kid, I didn't understand genres. I understood music I liked and music I didn't like. Like (laughs) I wasn't, I didn't come up in a time where where things were put in that box. And that MTV era started hitting, it started throwing people in these boxes and, Mm -hmm. and things got mixed up. But I didn't know how old this artist was. And you know, it's like if there was a new Smokey Robinson record, it was just as fresh as a new Melly Mel record. It that wasn't, is true. Yeah. It didn't make no difference. 
it's nowadays, man. It's, everything's about the 15-year-old phenom from Australia somewhere or whatever. And, you know, it's everybody is chasing and chasing that pop check and mm-hmm. totally abandoning the music that that influenced the things that they do at times. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I can't yeah. speak for everybody. No, no, no. But it's, it's just a different time, man. I know. Um, and, 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 and you, this is the thing that gravitated me to you and your music. You were ahead of the curve. I mean, you came out, you had the logo, sporting the logo right now. The, yeah, you know, I'm not into sports, so I had to. I gotta post something up. Yeah, you know, the logo, Hemi, shouts to Hemi. Uh, <laughs> the concept album, the backing band, shoutouts to A Sharp and C Major, rest in peace, B Flat. You know, the Bone Age. And seriously, how did you make the dots blow up like that? You single-handedly made designers rush the stores with these joints. This is, well, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an intentional thing. You know, honestly, it was like when I shot my first album cover and video and everything, I only had like one or two good outfits. <laughs> so it was like the best way to put them all together. If I had a black and white outfit, I had a black and white polka dot shirt and I can switch the outfit around, around that shirt or a white and black polka dot tie, switch the outfit around like that. So, you know, like I just switched the two items that were polka dot that I had and I flipped them in three different ways. Like I wore them as pajamas in my first video, a shirt in the back of my album, I mean, my single cover, a whole outfit in the back of my album cover. And it was like, people took that and thought, okay, dude must be wearing this all the time. Right. So when I started hitting the road, the people that appreciated my music started showing up in those polka dot outfits. Man. And I was like, oh damn, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was gonna be like that. Yeah. So from that, I took it and said, "Okay, let's make this a part of the movement." Yeah, because I'm I'm sitting back like this dude's a mastermind. This is marketing strategy. You out here like yo, I'ma do that because what? Like I said, I was telling my man the other day, few people affected the fashion industry like you because you had people designers was rushing the stores with this stuff and that was no polka dots in the stores a year before. Nope. Nope. It was it was it was nothing, and, and that's crazy. Big ass polka dots. I never even seen this shit before. It's was, it was <laughs> crazy. Plus, you're underrated storyteller. People that's listening, you know the music, you know the songs. The mere fact that he smashed his mother's friend in his debut song. <laughs> Y'all can you not? Well, you know what? All my stories. The funny thing is. My my huge influences as a young boy, like, you know, just being like 13, 14 years old, you know, I'd be following Dana Dana around, Slick Rick around, and, yeah. you know, praying that I'd be let into the Kango crew. You know Shout what I'm saying? Shout out to the so, Kango crew. Yeah. So it was like that influence was a heavy thing. Like, for example, I had a whole nother rap name, and if it wasn't for Dana Dane, I wouldn't be known as my own real name, Kwame. So, so you know... Those guys were super influential on me when I was a kid. And, you know, I prefer to paint some sort of story. You know, it's but so much bragging somebody can do. True. But there's a million stories. This Put this way, there's but so much bragging a rapper could do before he starts lying. You know what I'm saying? And I believe in telling stories and writing songs to where people can relate 
or people can visualize what it was. Even back when I was a kid, I would be the one dude that blow up all the movies because I'd come back to school. Yo, did you see Indiana Jones? And just tell the whole story. <laughs> and all the kids be mad at me because, because you know, I, I blew the spoiler alert up. Basically. But um, that's, that's, that's just the approach that I like to take in songs, stories and situations. Yeah, because me, when, when me and the fellas, is, we, we, we discuss, we, we politic uh, MCs, my rule has always been, I can't put you up in the upper echelons if you don't have a dope story rhyme in your catalog. Because it's kind of the foundation, it's, it's part of hip-hop for me. I mean, when you got a dope story, the mere fact that Lottie Dottie can rock a crowd, it, it's hard to rock a crowd when you're telling a story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cinderella and Delancey Street, and, you know, things like yep. that. So, I, I give you, I give you much props for that. Now, did you produce any of the early videos that you in? Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I co-directed and like, I got wrote them and co-directed them, um, all of them, all of them. What's your favorite video shoot? The first one. The first one. The man we all know and love. Because every other video that I ever shot, I was tired as hell, and <laughs> it was like come off tour, shoot this video, go back on tour. So I would say no, two. Two slash three, because the first three videos... You got to get down look fun, yo. Yeah, you got to get down and the rhythm was shot back to back. Like, one was shot on Friday, one was shot on Saturday. Damn. And um, the thing that I loved, I hate, I hate you got to get down. I'm gonna be honest with you, I the, hate that song. The remix of the, both? The remix, I oh, hate it. Okay. Like I would never, you'll never hear me perform that record. But, and that was a record that that was the one and only beat that Herbie Lovebug did for me, and he was contractually bound to do a record, so he did that remix. And I just, I think he dumbed the record down, but it works for the video. Yeah. Um. And um, the reason why I love that video so much was because. So many rappers came out of my neighborhood. It was myself, Kid and Play, Eric B, Cool G Rap, Herbie Lovebug. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting some other people. Uh, 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 cool G Rap, DJ Polo. Um, you know, so so many people were coming out of this neighborhood, but nobody did a video in their neighborhood. Right, right. Like I shot the video right in front of my grandmother's house, like, which was technically my house. I was living there at the time. Uh, so it was like, why, you know, all these people want to rep Queens and rep their neighborhoods, but nobody brought anything back to the neighborhood and nobody's brought anything back to the neighborhood ever since. So, so my thing was, that was a very important day because every kid from a certain age remembers that day forever. They're always going to remember that day. So I get... 35 year olds coming up to me like yo i was 10 years old man when that joint and i had the best day ever you know what i'm saying yeah it's just dope to have been able to to bring that to my neighborhood yeah now now was mark well was vin diesel in that joint or was he just in nasty he was in nasty yeah i thought he was i thought i mean because there was a lot of people in you he might have you know what honestly he might have came to that i'm not too sure i can't remember but I, he he was definitely featured in yeah, that he was, <laughs> That's, it's funny, yeah. Yo, if you go back and look at that video, it's it's it's, it's funny. It's it's not as funny as his uh break dancing. Oh no no, it's <laughs> nothing funnier than his break dancing tutorial. But the uh, the nasty videos, it's nice to see him. 
Uh, and you always had to find women in the videos too. Of course, we got we got Dee Dee, uh, uh, the girl in the Only You. Everybody loved Tasha. We we're waiting on that solo from Tasha. The girl in Nasty. The girl in the Rhythm. Well, you know what? It's you, my thing was this. I was always trying to pick good-looking women, but realistic-looking women. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, Tasha is Tasha, but Tasha's realistically beautiful. You can find right. a girl that may remind you of Tasha. You know what I'm saying? You know, you may find a girl that might remind you of the girl in the in the rhythm. And that, you know, that was just the 17 year old me, my perspective on women at the time. Yeah. So you know, it was it was it was good to be able to do that. And plus, I had like my mom's was on it. <laughs> so if anybody came in there looking like halfway freaked out <laughs> my moms were kicking them right out the video like seriously my mom said shut plenty of sets down there's some chick come in here butt naked or half naked or whatever my moms was not playing that's what's up shouts to moms yeah uh, favorite favorite song from day in the life a day in the life um party going on Yo, i still quote that joint almost weekly <laughs> Uh, only you, of course. Um, and yes, yes, y'all. I like no, and the man. I love the man. I was listening to the. I don't really listen to my records, but I was listening to A Day in the Life recently, and I love that record. The man. Yes, yes, y'all. Party going on. Yeah. And and only you. Like seriously, anytime someone or I say, you know what, I always say you're right, and then batches and batches, bundles and bushels. <laughs> I, it's a it's a tick. I don't know why. Cause I used to listen. I listened to Day in the Life. I don't even know how many times. I'm back to back now. Why wasn't it a movie? I told you on Twitter it needs to well, be. Well, check a, this a out. Play. Honestly, it was supposed to be. It was set up to be. The script was written. Everything was in play, and the head of my label at the time said to me, quote unquote. Hip hop doesn't do things like that, so we're not gonna pay for anything like that. That was the quote unquote. Like that was the whole point of the album, was to make a long form video slash mini movie to the album. That was the whole point of making the album the way that album was. You know, supposed to be set in, in school. You know, it was just like a, a, a teenage, a senior in high school story that day. You know, and a lot of, you know, I got a lot of flack for the album because it wasn't as, like, lyrical or hard as the first album. But, you know, that was just one of three components for that album. It was supposed to be album, video, and then a live um, a live presentation, like a play. Yeah, that's what I was saying on the on the train. I was like, it needs to be a play. It still should be off-Broadway. Off it still needs yeah. to be a play. You know, if they can finance uh, that hip opera, <laughs> I'm sure it can fucking put this out. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah, that's, that's awful. Maybe one day. Yeah, man. They'll do me like they did Green Day and do a play around their record. Right. Uh, now, here's a question. How did you end up doing the BBD Poison joint? Um, Weird. I was hanging out with, I don't know why, I don't know how, I can't remember. I moved to L.A. when I was younger. 
and I was hanging out with somebody who knew. Oh, my man Dougie. I was hanging out with my man, this kid named Dougie D. And me and Dougie D were hanging out. Me, Dougie D, and Dana Dane were hanging out. And we linked up with Michael Bivens. So we driving around. I don't know where we were going, but we was on some long ass drive in the back of Michael's truck. And Michael was driving. He was like, yo, man, I'm putting together this group, me, Ronnie, and Rick. And I was like, that shit is never going to work. <laughs> He's like, nah, nah, I'm serious. We're going to call it BBD. And he goes our first record and he played the demo of Poison. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the worst shit I ever heard. <laughs> He's like, nah. He's like, I need some raps. I was like, man, give me a pen. <laughs> I always kept like a pad, paper, or whatever on me. I just wrote. I wrote both rhymes, but the majority of the rhyme that I kept that I wrote was pretty much all of Ronnie's rhyme. Uh-huh. Ronnie's rhyme was the whole thing they kept. They kept pieces and bits of um, Mike's rhyme, but all of Ronnie's rhyme was what I gave him in the car that day. I was like, here. I showed him how to say it. I made him to remember what the flow was. Uh-huh. And I was like, good luck. <laughs> Yo, and it turned out to be turned out to be the, the one of the most classic records of the nineties. The nineties joint. Who, who would ever believe? Yeah, that's just horrible. <laughs> and I just remember it was coming, I was blowing up. I was like, I can't believe people like this shit. <laughs> like, I'm weird like that, but you know, I love the record now, but yeah. it's it took so long for me to for it to grow on me. I was just like, man, I don't know. I was I was in a weird place musically back then. If it wasn't a certain type of thing, I just wasn't messing with it. I feel you. I feel you. Now, people might not, you know, know you've been on the producing joint. Like I said, Mary J. Blige, LL, Janet, Keisha Cole, Math. Yo, the tweet beat that you did is sick. That, yeah, that's a lot of people's all-time favorite. That man. joint. Yo. And I didn't even, if it wasn't for Missy and the big guy, I wouldn't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yo, that beat is sick. Thank you. Um, what do you, what do you, ha- oh, and we can't forget uh, <laughs> Baby Make It Boom. We can't forget that. Shit. <laughs> you can't, I will. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we can't forget Baby Make It Boom. It don't count, right? My name is spelled wrong. It is, it is. That's hilarious, too. Oh, yo, but on the low, not on the low. Antoinette's one of the dopest lyricists yeah, out back, to, back in the day. But yeah. So what do you have coming up? What do you what are you what are you working on? What do you what are you mixing up? There's a bunch of things that's in the works. It's funny, like I was in I was in this real you know, not to be all like super personal and stuff, but I was going through a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was in this like real mellow r and out <laughs> zone for oh, the last shit. two and a half years. The Hey Love Classics. Yeah. Oh, believe me, that album came out. Um, and so I started working on a couple of projects at the same time. I started working on um, Vivian Green. Nice. Um, we're still working on that. There's a new cat by the name of Shalik Rivers. They call him just, he goes by Shalik. Mm-hmm. He's on Universal Pendulum. And he he had a pretty good single that, that did well on the R&B charts last year. And he comes out with his album in April. I was working on that. And 
you know, also who's like a person who's like my sister is this R&B artist, Algebra Blissett. Algebra is dope. And, yeah, man. And, and like people who know about her know exactly how dope she, she is. And people don't understand. She's a two-time Grammy winner. Mm -hmm. She's a dope writer, um, uh, extremely dope artist. And her first album was dope. People liked it. But she took a seven-year break. And within those seven years, her and I have been slowly recrafting. And between myself and some other producers, man, like we put together a real solid, great R&B album that drops tomorrow. Um, the name of the album is Recovery. And um, it's getting a lot of great reviews so far. And, um, you know, just hopefully... Uh, um, it does real well for her, you know. It's 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 a it was a labor of love, so so I'm yeah. glad it's finally coming out. Everybody, uh, go 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 grab it. Go go, you know. Make sure yeah. you support that because you you did the the joints on purpose. You did the run yep. run and hide and the can I keep you. I did run and hide. Can I keep you? And one other one. I don't know why I can't remember the name. Halfway, right? halfway, halfway, halfway. Yeah. So I did three on purpose and five on recovery so and, and i did the title song recovery so um you know it's 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 a labor of love for both of us you know because this is like a real big big deal for for the both of us creatively uh, yeah, make sure you yeah make sure you get that um hey and if anybody's in the new york city area the 28th she's doing the album release show at sob's come through if you're in the Atlanta area, the 30th, she's doing her album release at um, Center Stage. So it's going to be crazy. Like, when I tell you, what, when I say it's going to be crazy, it's not based just on the music alone. Yes, her band is crazy and everything. Mm -hmm. But she does, like, this aerial acrobatics oh, shit. on stage. Like, some real live aerial work. Like, on some pink shit? Yeah, kind of like that, but... Like Pink does like the um well she can't she's not allowed to do it anymore, but she did like the trapeze and stuff like that. Right. What algebra does is like I don't know what they call them, they call them strings and they just take strands of cloth. Oh, when you get wrapped up and then you Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's yeah, dope. Yeah. yeah, so we make sure we tweet that out too. Yeah, if you if you in uh New York and you said Atlanta. Yep, New York is SOBs on the 28th. Atlanta is center stage on the 30th. All right. I like that. I'll make sure I cop that. Um, the alumni. Yes. What's people? Look, I can't even express. If you're a hip hop, Kwame, will you please tell them about the alumni? Um. Okay. <laughs> the alumni is comprised of myself, special ed. Chub Rock, Dana Dane, Moni Love, and our, what do you call it, our, our, our uh, honorary members are nice and smooth. Shout out, and, shout out to uh, Great Nice. I, I, I put a tweet on um, the other week. I said, there's never been a hip-hop song that Greg Nice, there's never been a hip-hop song, a white hip-hop song that Greg Nice rhymed first on in the history of hip-hop. If he nope. rhymes first on your song, it's a hit. Yep. <laughs> um, so it's like what we do is all five of us get on stage at one time. And we just give 
a classic hip hop experience to the audience. So I drop a song right after my song, Ed drops a song, Moni drops a song, Chubb, Dana, and we go back and forth with, with, with key songs that we have in our catalog. We do crowd participation, we got a DJ set. You know, we, we do the whole, a dance thing. We do the whole five elements. Only thing we don't do is tag up on the wall. That's the fifth <laughs> element we don't do. And we'll probably end up doing that, getting getting the graffiti artist. So every every um after every show there's a, a dope graffiti piece that the artist does. That's one of the last components I want to put on there. And um all five elements on stage at one time. And we just give it to the crowd for like an hour and a half. We just kill them. And that's pretty much what the alumni is. And and it started, it was like a brainchild of Dana and Chubb. They brought it to me. I took it to like the visual level. And um, like I got videos out. We have a little couple of videos out on YouTube. Yo, the joint in the car when you're picking up each yeah, other yeah, yeah. is hilarious. Yo, that... That gives that gives any hip hop fan like chills, like yo, this is how right. you would picture hip hop. That and and I shot that. I shot. They didn't even know that I was gonna shoot that. They came to my house, and I shot it. I was like, look, we had to go somewhere in the city. And I was I live in New Jersey, so on the way from New Jersey to the where we went in the city, we shot that video. It took us about an hour. Word. Yeah, man, yeah. it was dope. That's the yo, and, and they get on stage and they finish each other's rhymes and they everybody knows the verses is is it's it's a really good look for for hip hop. We we for for vintage classic old we don't like old school. Golden classic. era, classic. classic. I yeah. call it I call it diamond era. Now you gotta get spin on the show. Well well, we can't afford spin. <laughs> How about that? Yo, yo, Didi, I know you no, listen. No, spin, spin is down. Actually, she is down. Yeah. It's just we can't afford her. <laughs> I told her. Yeah, think about it. You got five people up there that get their own money by themselves. It's kind of you know that's the that's the one little wrinkle. But that's the wrinkle in any kind of big business. You know, you know, the more we do, the more money we make, and the next thing you know, Spinderella's down. <laughs> no doubt. Now, are you gonna do a eventually like original material album, some new? joints with all of you guys hopefully the mute the music's made on my end oh. so, so you know we see what happens okay yeah and i got beef with how things popped off back in back in the day the herbie herbie's machine you know one needed a name should have been a crew you guys would have been up there with the Juice Crew and Hit Squad and everybody, but it was no posse cuts. You know, it would have been the dopest joint. You know? It would have been the most parent friendliest joints ever too. But I know, it would right? have been the dope. most parent friendly uh, uh, symphony record. Right. Um. I do not know why that never happened. That is the biggest question of my life. Man. I ask all members involved i think everybody was so concerned including myself was so concerned with how about this including myself and 100 percent including herbie everybody was concerned with what they were going to get for them 
So it's like, you know, Kid and Play, they did them. They had their movies, their cartoons, their records. You know, Salt and Pepper had their big records. Dana Dane had his records. I had my records. And Herbie was the puppet master. And still, that's even, even though... Th that's the reason. That was Wu-Tang before Wu-Tang. Of course. It was, but everybody was so into their individual endeavors mm -hmm. that they never took a time. Somebody should have been able to take everybody, including Herbie, pull them to the side and say, look, y'all, <laughs> strength and greatness are in numbers. You need to do this. If that was done, even if it was like, Kid and Play did House Party. No reason why you guys shouldn't have been in it. Salt and Pepper should have been the two girls. Thank you know you. what I'm saying? Like, it, it should have been things like that. Yep. But everybody was on their own thing at the time. And that was, but that was a thing about the, the, the late 80s, early 90s. It was a, it was a very individual era mm -hmm. with, with very few exceptions, like the Juice Crew. Because think about it. Russell Russell Simmons had a crew, Run DMC and all them. Yeah. They ain't never did no records together. Nah, they Run really DMC didn't. and Beastie Boys with Public LL, Enemy yeah. and LL was never on one record. <laughs> nope. They did, you know, they got in Crush Groove. Yeah. Which yeah. was dope. But they could have had a way bigger movement. And their movement was huge. So it wasn't just Herbie. And I know, I know that Herbie thing, it was like the tone was us against them, like us against Russell's crew. They used to call Russell's crew the Russians. And it's like Shouts to uh Russia Russia Associated Labels. Yes, right. <laughs> and and but it was like, why couldn't we all just team up and yeah. and, and crush and just had we could have had a solidified era. Oh that would have been crazy. Yeah, I, I still don't understand. But, but you know, it can even happen now. You know, outside the alumni, that whole crew can easily get together and go on tour. It ain't like... And you're talking money. Hmm. Everything costs. I mean, you would make... That would sell out everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. But, you know, it's like every... But it's still the same. I still feel it's the same... It's the same thing. It's like... Everybody's gotten to a point in their career where we all feel that we we are old, we are we command a certain price, mm -hmm. but sometimes people don't get the biggest picture. Yeah, the gotta... biggest picture is the only way the people will ring your name out forever is if it's it's, it's a circular motion. You got to give back to the people, and the people give back to you. And sometimes you got to you know I'm not saying to do stuff for free. But you got to think about the very big picture that that the cultural picture yeah, that man. entails. And 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 we in a we in a weird genre. We it's the worst. It's the best and the worst genre in music. It's the only genre where people like uh, get out of here. You was doing whatever in the eighties. You know, you, I mean, you never heard someone tell like. People, Bryson, sit down somewhere. It was like we—you celebrate the music. You're supposed to celebrate the people who made the music, the music. Well, unfortunately, rap is based on styles, trends, and fads. Yeah. If you listen to any core, any the core of any rap record is based on things that don't last. So, 
you can't be mad at when you know rappers or whatever get older and the people don't treat it that way when the whole thing was based on the time people you know in 1990 people talk some 1990 stuff yeah that's true but it's still music it was on some 94 stuff it you know it always it goes with the time it doesn't it doesn't um doesn't try to look backwards yeah but, but for the record you know you got oh we would have had sweet tea it would have been it would have been a movement and no, then and then you know you could uh perform um uh love and fx minor in the middle <laughs> <laughs> day i perform that yo that's, day they me. that's one of the most hilarious yo love and fx minor my brother that joint is classic um what is some of your favorite hip-hop albums that you did not perform on oh my favorite hip-hop albums yeah oh um number one is great adventures of slick rick yeah Um, what's your favorite joint on there moment i fear personally that's my personal favorite yeah um uh second um has to be um pain in full of course um I'm just thinking of all the albums I used to just beat the hell up. Um Raising Hell. Definitely. Um another favorite album. Uh Malcolm McLaren and the world famous Supreme Team Buffalo Girls album. Yo. Hey, I will play the album all day today. Uh uh Shout out to the World Tour. Malcolm McLaren. Um Electric um, relaxation. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, electric boogaloo <laughs> with Ali and Jerry. Nah, nah, I, I'm bugging. Um, you know, low end theory, low hands end theory. down. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, uh, shoot, I can keep going, Yo, man. There's so many. Now I, I got. Now you probably haven't been to the site because you know you're busy with gig mode. But I put down uh, 1988 as the greatest year in hip hop. What say you? I'm gonna always say 89. I ain't, you know. <laughs> I can't, I'm never going to go past, you know, like, I'm going to stick to 1989. All right. Definitely because there's so many, everybody had, like, 1989 to me was the heart of the golden era. See, I went with 88 because of so many classic albums that came out of 88. So many classic albums came out in 89. We got the battle. I'm telling you, 88 crushes 89. But yeah, I I feel you. I mean, I don't know, man. Listen, 88 had going off, greatest entertainer, he's DJ, I'm the rapper, Nation of Millions, by all means necessary, long live Kane, follow the leader, straight out of Compton, easy does it, strictly business, in control volume one, light as a rock, too hype. No, 88, 88, 88 was classic. Like the, the 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 pivotal years of golden era is 86, 88, 89, 92, 93. Maybe 94 if you want to go that far. Yeah, I mean I, I tell most people I, I cut I cut off my my personal enjoyment around 96, 97. Yeah, that it it it, it peaked. I don't know if I can consider 96, 7, 8 golden era. No. But, but it definitely caps off at 98. Listen, the leader of all geeks, 
this man super geek. Uh, Shadows to uh, is he is he still uh, Darth Goobies? Oh yeah, my dog. Yeah, yeah my, dog, my dog don't my dog don't play. You 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 on it, man. You know you got your homework going. Yeah, shout out to Darth Goobies, the Imperial Governor. Um, <laughs> Geek mode. Uh, please do the knowledge. Please tell me about the site. Well, Geek mode is the site is geekmodeonline.com, and then you know the the hub to the site where everybody just blacks out is um. The geek mode or geek mode group page on facebook mm-hmm. but um geek mode was pretty much i'm into collecting things i collect sneakers action figures comic books clothes whatever i'm just a hoarder and um i was tired me and my boy martel his name is martel berry me and martel were tired of going to 10 different places online or even in the street to find everything we want sometimes we just want to get everything we want in one spot like a walmart for geeks and so we decided to come up with geek mode because geek mode it's still in development but it's you know it's there for people to see geek mode is like a hub for all things pop culture slash comic book related right so for example it's the one place where if you type in Iron Man, you may see Iron Man sneakers, Iron Man hoodie, Iron Man toy, Iron Man comic book review, things like that. Um, and and this year we're going to branch it out into actual events where it's like, you know, geek related parties, geek related bowling or or, or whatever or, oh, that's or dope. trips to Comic Con. You know, like you know a geek mode sponsored trip to comic con well we're not we're not paying for people to go to comic con but you know what i'm saying yeah, right, like right. class trip type thing um things like that to just bring that community together but even more importantly than all of that mm-hmm. people don't seem to understand that hip hoppers black kids are into this stuff when they think of geeks they think of like the 40 year old virgin or some older white guys sitting at home reading comic books playing with toys right. that don't have a life but there's so many artists and and DJs and all this kind of stuff that are into the same thing too so another thing that we're doing this year is starting to spotlight those people as well and spotlight people other than the people you see all the time on TV geeking out for stuff yeah you you yeah, you, you might find out uh Rakim got a dope GoBot collection or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know you what I'm saying? Dude, you would be surprised. Yeah. Now, now, now the figures. Now I know you got mad Marvel joints. You got movie figures. I'm still jealous. You got the the G Force joints. I'm sick that you had the G Force. Yo, Battle of the Planets. Yeah, under, that's underrated cartoon. One of the greatest cartoons ever created. So underrated. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And he has the figures. I'm, I'm jealous. But anyway, um, you got any new joints? Any, any, anything new? What was the latest things you got? Latest thing I got was it came to my house today. Man of Steel. There's a company called Hot Toys. Oh, and, you got it? Yeah, the Man of Steel Hot Toys landed on my door today. And I'm like, damn, I'm not even home to open this joint up. But um, that's that's my latest. And I've been waiting for that one. So, I just got the um, the Baroness for Hot oh, Toys. That's yeah. Don't, I don't know don't. if you can see. All right, you got your stuff up there. I see you. Yeah, I got there's a little bit of stuff. I got all, I just got almost all the adventures up there, the hot toy joints. 
Yeah. I don't have Colson. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So what's the what's the what's the Kwame Holy Grail? What's the figure? What's the figure toy playset? My Holy Grail, hands down. Yeah. I'm not gonna stop until I have the actual Batman tumbler in my crib. It ain't going. That is my holy. I will not stop. I could be 99.3 years old, and I gotta have that tumbler in my house. Like I hated the tumbler, man. What you bugging, man? Cause it needed a Batmobile. I need the tumbler and the 1966 Batmobile. Now you're talking. I need both of them. Man, now you're talking. In my life. But I know that the tumbler can actually work and actually drive and actually do all the things that it was doing in that movie. Batmobile 1966, you can't even drive that thing anywhere. You got to just keep it there. That's true. I need when all shit breaks through, (laughs) if the apocalypse happens, I need to be in that tumbler bouncing down I-95. That's what I (laughs) <laughs> okay, I I, I, I fucked with you on that. The um, you saw the 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 '66 Batman hot toy, right? Yes, and um, that that Batmobile and them figures I need in my life. Gotta get it. And I heard it. I heard it's coming with the shark repellent. Yeah, it does. It does. It comes out. It drops in April. The shark repellent and the bomb. If you don't know yep. the knowledge of the bat, in my opinion, that's my favorite Batman movie. I oh, understand yeah, the yeah. trilogy, but. That's my favorite Batman movie. You can't, you can't beat the 66 movie. You, you can't beat that. And shout out to my man, Caesar, that's going to paint on top of his mustache. Yeah, right? It's still hilarious. Um, okay. I got Shazam over Superman. What you say? They're both my two favorite heroes. Batman, Superman, Shazam, they're my three favorites. So... I can't give Shazam over Superman because Superman can easily snatch Billy Batson up before that lightning even hits him. Okay. So it's like... But I, I suppose. I mean, these are the same arguments that people got Batman over Superman because of well, Batman, There's no way. There's, 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 there's no way that happens. Man, they just acting stupid because they just love Batman. Thank you. Like, this that, come on, man. You... Thank you. There's people, there's, there's a whole contingent of people that says this. It's ridiculous. Oh, that's the church of Batman. He, he does no wrong in their eye. Yeah, it's, it's such, such ridiculous. Okay. But, you know, but Captain Marvel is the dude, so it's that, like. Yo, remember the cartoon? I remember everything about Captain Marvel, man. That that's, car- my, that's my dude. I used to love that cartoon. He, used to he, to me, he, to me, is the best superhero because. From a kid's standpoint, because it gives a kid, it, a kid can easily want to be Captain Marvel because it's just a magic word and they can become anything they want to be as a superhero. And then with that magic word, they back to being a 10 year old kid just having fun. Right. So, so, and, and his perspective is still of and the 10 year old. So he's just a big ass 10 year old having fun. And that's the reason why he will not beat Superman because his mind won't bring him to the point. He's not mentally developed enough to be able to beat Superman. That's the only reason why he can't beat him. I guess, man. I don't know. You know, like, Superman can do something to Captain Marvel, and he'll still have the fear of a 10-year-old and just cop out. True. 
mushroom. See, this man it's comes and does the knowledge. Son, it, it's a wrap. It's okay. not gonna happen. Oh, I, uh, I guess that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, 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 favorite cartoons growing up? What'd you watch? Of course, Battle of the Planets. That's yeah. probably top. And second top, to be honest with you, Bugs Bunny, man. I love yeah. Bugs Bunny appealed to me on the geek side and the music side. Because yeah. of the orchestration and how they, you know, the art, the hand-drawn art, to me it was funny as hell. Between that and Tom and Jerry and the orchestration in it definitely sparked my, my, my imagination. And then... Of course, you know, you got your, your mainstays like Voltron and G.I. Joe and Transformers and and Thundercats. Um, I used to also like the old 1960s Marvel. Um, uh, oh, shit, the stop action joints when Captain yeah, America kid. throws his mighty shield. Yeah, but you know, what I never really knew that those were the actual comics. Yeah. Like I, got, I got, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to get, I got Hulk number one. And Listen I was to this guy. looking at Hulk number one and watching that cartoon, mm -hmm. it's the same exact art, everything. It's just cut out and put in cartoon form. So if you're a real comic book head, like classic comic book head, those cartoons definitely, between that and the old school 40s Superman, the Max Fleischer Superman cartoon, right. those cartoons are incredible. Yeah, I remember waking up early to watch those joints. Because as a kid, you don't know what time nothing comes on. You just get up early. I only, only knew that those were on and the Jackson 5 cartoon was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb early in the morning on uh, the Chicago joint, on the WGN joint. See, yeah, for me, coming, it came on right after school. Like, I would have to come right home from school and at 3 o'clock, those, <laughs> those Marvel joints would come down. And you never knew which one was going to come on that day. So you'd right. be hopeful for like, because like Thor and Namor, those were like the rare ones. So if you caught, caught a Thor or a Namor, you was like, yo, those yeah. are my dudes. Yeah, because it was always Iron Man and Captain America. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shouts to yep. Ghostface. We used that music on there. Um, yeah. Okay. DC or Marvel? I'm a DC head, but I, I respect them both. Like, I don't like to go... We're not He's saying you hate the other. I'm just saying what no, you no. prefer. If I had to pick, it's DC. Okay. Yeah. That is, uh, um, favorite favorite characters besides a uh, favorite Marvel character. We know you're oh. DC guys. Who's your Marvel uh, character? My favorite Marvel. Um, first of all, hands down, Spider Man. Spider Man is the one character. The reason why I like Spider Man. He's the one character out of all superheroes to me that you really get a sense of who he is as a person. The way he was written, as the way he was, the way he's presented. And he's the one character that started out as a little kid, a 15 year old, and now, well, he's back alive or whatever. But now in modern time, a grown man. So it's not like, I'm not like, I'm not gonna be reading Spider-Man comics or anything like that. But Spider-Man is the one character that gives me that feeling the same feeling I had when I was a kid when I liked Spider-Man now. So you have that character like that. I love Thor. I love Namor. Like, Namor is my dude in, in Marvel. Yeah. Um, Namor is my dude. Uh, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I love Galactus. <laughs> Yo, I saw you had the Galactus joint, too, in the studio at one point, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I love, me. I love Galactus and Silver Surfer. I love all that cosmic. Like, anything cosmic in Marvel... 
like the Inhumans, all them type of dudes. Those were those were my dudes in Marvel. Like it, if, like that's why I love Secret Wars and 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 stuff like that. So so um yeah. You know, okay, all right. Uh, when Hulk, what am I talking about? Hulk is like my number one dude in Marvel. Like classic Hulk. You yeah. couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be Hulk when I grew up. <laughs> Yeah, see, your Galactus love is like my Juggernaut love. I love the Juggernaut for some reason. I got, yeah. like, mad Juggernaut figures and everything over here. Uh, over, overrated characters. DC or Marvel? Do you, Wolf, yes. I said Cyclops, too, but definitely Wolverine. Wolverine. He's everywhere doing everything. And I told... I was We had this conversation on, on Geek Mode, and I said... Because everybody likes to hate on Superman. So I was like, yo... If all shit hit the fan, who would you want to save you, Wolverine or Superman? And so people like Wolverine. I said Wolverine will get you killed. Right. He ain't gonna save you. Matter of fact, I have never seen Wolverine save anybody but himself, and maybe somebody on his team. How is he a hero? He don't do nothing but kill people, cut them up, and save his teammates. Superman will go out of his way and save anything, anybody. Any species, whatever. That's a hero. Wolverine is a mercenary. I don't know what he is. He's a soldier. He just yeah, does what he does. Even Deadpool saves people. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine, I've never seen it. Now, people could correct me if I'm wrong. I've never seen Wolverine run into some burning building. With a little cat under his arm and Susie Homemaker. Yeah, anything. <laughs> just somebody. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, what do you With the exception of that whack Wolverine movie that just happened, he was mad because he couldn't save a bear. I'm like, all right. Yeah, the second was better than the first one, though. It was better, but it was both. The whack. first was yeah. so bad. Yeah. Anything is better than the. Yeah, you're right. You know, you got the merc with the mouth, and you sew his mouth shut. For yeah. yeah. For some fucking reason. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Transformers and GI Joe movies? Good. Me too. I don't like the Transformers movies at all. I like the visuals. I do like the visuals, but I don't like the movie. G.I. Joe, if I had to, if I was able to do G.I. Joe, I would make G.I. Joe what the Expendables is. Like, I wouldn't make them the way they are. I would make them the same guys are, that are in the Expendables. Instead of the names that they have, I would just give them the G.I. Joe name. Jet Li, it could be Snake, it could be Storm Shadow or whatever. Um, somebody else could be Snake Eyes. Uh, 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 Stallone could be Duke it doesn't matter but guys from that era because those are 80s dudes and I would make G.I. Joe a secret faction of the of the armed forces that were in the 80s and for some reason Cobra Commander's back and them dudes gotta get back together and rip shit up that would be a perfect G.I. Joe movie for me either that or straight up and down almost like saving private ryan mixed with joe characters like on some real action shit all this extra i want to make a hollywood blockbuster it's like too watered down to me i can't i wasn't really messing with it. yeah i was i was at the opinion that just take what was on the cartoon like the pyramid of darkness joint uh-huh that's a trilogy the making us a pantor you're going to get the i mean you could turn it into some old Indiana Jones slash yeah. war. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like some of those movies are made, like Iron Man 3 included. Uh, Iron Man 3, Transformers, G.I. Joe, to me, are movies made to sell toys. 
instead yeah. of just making dope movies and then there's toys involved. But those movies are like long toy commercials to me. Yeah, now the Transformers joint, after I saw the first movie, I decided I was never gonna see another one. Yeah. I couldn't do it after that. And the G.I. Joe, it's just because I'm a big G.I. Joe head, so I gotta keep watching those. And But you gotta, as awful as Iron Man 3 was, those hot toys. No, and I'm, yeah, I'm saying that was the best, that's the best toy commercial ever. Yeah. Cause them, those suits are dope as hell, and I'm, you know, I'm getting them. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the movie, yeah. and Mandarin had so much promise. Uh, they trying to fix that though. Yeah, with the one shot joint. Yeah. Um, Silverhawks or Thundercats? You know what? When Silverhawks was out, I was pretty much on the road rocking, and I never really exposed myself to it. So I gotta say, I gotta say Thundercats. And I know the Silverhawks are dope, but I never was able. I was just never around to watch it like that. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go back. It was, it was as close as that we were gonna get to G Force again. Oh, okay, yeah, I gotta watch. <laughs> that was the closest we were gonna get. Um, My little brother used to put me up on it, and it was just like, damn. He, but nobody would never tape it for me. So when I come home, it was like, yo, did y'all put me up with something? And you know, it was before you could go buy DVDs right. of the whole season and stuff. So yeah. if it wasn't on, you ain't gonna see it. True, true. Uh, video games. Did you get down with the video games, the NES, Genesis? I'm not too much of a gamer. I'm not, not, nah, I'm not really a gamer like that. Yeah, I figured most of the, um, if you go on geek mode, most of that stuff is Marty, right? Uh, what, the video game stuff? Yeah. No, we got this kid named Johnny Pop. Oh, yeah, yeah Johnny Pop, he just did the um, Sega Master System joint. Yeah, yeah, he's like super, he's the video game dude. Like, yeah. he goes in. He did the Sega Man. I saw the first one. I was like, "Yo, I had to, I had to comment on that joint. That was, that yeah. was dope." Um, okay, the sneakers, the shoe game, big collector. Yo, by the way, Platinum. you still got the Muppets with the sneakers? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. They still up. That's just so dope. They I'm still up. Jealous. I, I wanna, I wanna record just so I can have a dope studio. <laughs> I don't even. I'm not even gonna put out any music. I just want the studio with all my joints in there. He has uh, Muppets with sneakers on. <laughs> well, the way my studio is designed, it's like action figures, larger action figures, or things like Muppets or whatever, and sneakers, either custom-made sneakers to go with the figures. So like, for example, if it's a Batman figure, there's a Batman sneaker to match, or Darth Vader with Darth Vader sneakers on, or, or Kermit the Frog with the Adidas Kermit the Frog sneakers. Um, Gonzo has these custom-made, um, Nike SB Gonzo uh, SBs. And so the animal know, joint. Animal. The animal huh? joint. The animal joint. Yeah, the animal. The animal's rocking. There are some Adidas animal rec, um, sneakers, but I I put on the, the the Nike Air Force One Year of the Dog. If you know about the Year of the Dog mm-hmm. sneakers, they got fur on them. They look just like animal. So you know, um, you know, I I just that's just my little my little like I got a little art museum going on in my in my spot. Now, what is your favorite sneaker? Your personal favorite? Do you have one? Like, a, just all all around, like, no matter what, I'm a, I like these? Yeah. Uh, SBs. SBs. Dunks. Yeah. Wow. Dunks, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to really appreciate Jordans now. Mm-hmm. But when they were out back in the day, I didn't like them. Me neither, because everybody had them. Yeah, I, I just wasn't messing with Jordans. And... I'm kind of messing with them right now. Yo, I'm, 
I'm kind of messing with them right It's now. a good six versions of the retros. Now, once you get past like, what is it, 10? Not 10, like 20 or something, they, they're awful. But the first 15 or whatever, any, any, what is your most prized pair? My, my most prized pair are these dunks called What the Dunks. Hmm. And they're like, all the classic dunks thrown in two pairs of sho- a pair of shoes, so it's like it don't even match. They just all over the place. Um, my um, my fir- my old prize pair was these '84 Gucci's, but then Gucci remade them, so it don't even. Um, what else? Um, these Black Album Air Force Ones. Uh, Jay Z signed uh, uh, these black album Air Force One that were never available. Um, and um, I love my PlayStation 2 Air Force. Got those. Yeah, I love them joints. I'll never wear them, but I got them. I, I got them on this display with with the PlayStation. Damn, those joints are dope. Yeah, I love them. I think my my see my favorites are all hip hop related. The uh, the Run DMC, my Adidas joints with the gold chain on the on the on the joint. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the um the Daylight Dunks. Oh yeah, I got my yeah. I love the Daylight Dunks. I still wear those. I, I um, wear them. I don't want to, but I need yeah, another. Yeah, Daylight pen. Dunks. I pull out every so often. And oh yeah, I'm bugging my my Shelto Adidas that say JMJ on it. With yeah, the those, jam, that's the J. Yeah, those yeah. are the ones like yeah. I, I refuse yeah. to wear. I, I wore them in my bedroom once. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't take those outside at no point in life. When when Spinderella was on the show, the first time, we played a game, and the game was I named it, I named the MC, and she named the DJ. She did pretty good. I'll probably suck. Go I'm not on. even gonna ask you to do that. No, no, I'm pretty no, no, good. No, 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 no. What I'm gonna do? No, no. What I'm saying is I'm gonna, I'm gonna name my album. You named the, the the MC, the hip hop artist who made the album. Don't do it, cause I'll lose. Come on, these are gonna be easy. I'm gonna watch this. Watch this. Now, don't give me nothing easy, but no, I'm just I'm saying, saying it's gonna be easy for you. I don't remember. I never remember names of the album, but go on, that's cool. You gonna remember? Watch this. Fourteen shots to the dome. LL. You see, uh, high cool vicious. Salt and pepper. Seminar. Um. Seminar. I want to. St- I, I don't know why I'm thinking gangstar, but I don't think that's true. Who's seminar? Sir makes a lot. I ain't gonna never know that. Uh, and the I would win- never- <laughs> I, Hey, I gotta throw some out here. Uh, and the winner is. And the winner is the uh, name of a, I, I got a song called that, but no, not you. <laughs> I don't know. Really. I probably know it, and I don't feel stupid when you tell me. But I'm telling you, I don't know this stuff. All right, and and the winner is is um is by uh, Richard Simmons. Simpson. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That was the name. Of, oh yeah, you're right. It's him standing on the podium. It's, yeah. It's it's actually Howie T and Chub Rock, and the winner. <laughs> well, I couldn't say that part. But I yeah. know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know now you know. Yeah. Once I get it, I you know I I I, I know it. I got the album. I just I'm not good at retaining album name. Um, in full effect. Um, that's 
You can't say it all. Talking about Stetsasonic? That's who it is. Did somebody else got an album called In Full Effect, though? Other than Stetsasonic. Really? That's the only one I know. Um, Hold on. I'm going to tell you right now. In Full Effect. Another hip-hop joint? A West Coast album. Oh, I damn sure probably wouldn't know that. In Full Effect. Or either in full effect or full effect, but it's it's a, it's a, I'll, I'll get it. I know um, Man- Mantronics had a joint called something like that in full effect. Yes, Mantron- that might be. yeah, that might be. Mantronics did. Um, let me see, uh, legal special edge. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let me let me think of one more, one more, and then I then I'll let you go. Um, let me think of something that you should get that you're not gonna get. Uh, Son of Yvonne. Who is that? See? Ha ha! <laughs> Son of Yvonne. Son of Yvonne is a dope album by Golden Era artist Master Ace. Oh. Dope I, album. I can't believe I was stumped. I've never stumped in hip hop. I've never stopped the hip hop stuff. Damn, that's pretty good then. I respect you. <laughs> you, you, you know, you're, uh, and a damn thing changed. That sounds like that's got to be something West Coast. I don't know. Nice and smooth. Ain't a damn thing changed. Ain't a damn thing changed. That had cake and eat it too, and sometimes the rhyme slow on it. I never knew the name of that album. Yeah, that was that was that was that was their joint. Like my whole thing was like, yo, I'm getting that new nice and smooth out. Pretty much. And I go into the store. You got the new nice and smooth. <laughs> I don't even never. That's like, it's almost like movie titles that are too long. I never <laughs> asked for the long movie title ticket. I was just like, let me get that movie right there. Yeah, the the, the new joint. Yeah, the new Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> all right, um, all right, wrapping this up. Um, nasty or incognito? Incognito. Wrong answer. Nasty was better. Nah, man. Nasty was better. You had to. You know why? The, na- you know the, why I like incognito better? The beats on nasty was crazy. Why did you Na- like it better? N- to me, nasty was overproduced. I like the beats on it, but it was way overproduced. I tried to do way too much on that album. It was a lot going on with incognito. Was almost underproduced, but Incognito personally taught me how to produce a record without sampling. Where everything else that I did before that was always sample based. And everything that I did after Incognito, production wise, was minimal sample based to no sample based. And I never thought. I always thought I had to rely on a sample as a producer. And then when I got that independent deal for to do Incognito, the whole album was done and it was full of samples. And the label said, you can't put this album out. It's going to cost too much? We're not paying for no samples, period. Mm. So it forced me to be on a creative level that, um, that I wasn't on. The only issue was... And I'm not giving excuses for the album. I, I love the album. No, um, the album's dope. I, 
we were constrained a lot of times. Like you don't create an album and go to the studio and you can't turn the music up because the business next door to you calls the cops on you every day or the mix engineer never mixed the record before. It was just like the worst, it was the best slash worst experience. <laughs> so I learned everything that I apply to the music industry now, I learned on the Incognito album. So that's why it has a special place for me over any of the other albums except for the first album. Yeah, the first so, album. Yeah, I still don't understand how you came up with the rhythm. That's that's just crazy. I, I remember I, I read somewhere, I heard somewhere you had to go and chop up the joints yourself. And yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I went into the, it was before um, before I got the deal or anything. Um, I went into the studio. I had um, money. I was I was working at a grocery store and I had money from the grocery store and I asked how much time I can get. They said I can get eight hours on Christmas morning. So Christmas morning, 1988, 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. I went in there and I was like, yo, this is going to be the most productive eight hours I've ever had in my life. And I went and I did, I would say five songs out of the eight songs on the album. Actually, I did six songs that night, but four of the six made the first album. Now, is that why you, you, you hit them with this, this Christmas because everybody's rapping? Probably, now I think about it. I wasn't even thinking about that. But I did, I know I wrote that rhyme like right before we went in there. Damn. So, so I'm pretty sure it had to have been that. That joint, that joint was... Yeah, the, the the rhythm, the the funky drummer. Nobody's done anything to funky drummer like that. Well, you know, I I didn't want to just use funky drum. I wanted to like do it in a in a slick way. So, um, you know, I like that whole. I love the whole style of chopping and just taking other records to make one cohesive beat. You know, that record had so many different chops just to make the drum the drum pattern. So, um, you know, that was just just an experiment. Yeah, shouts to the Bob James joint. Everything, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Um, uh, last things before I let you get out of here. A um, couple of things. Oh, I heard I heard somewhere, and this could, this could totally not be true because people bullshit, but I heard that you got an apology from Puff and Big. Um, you know what? I don't think it was... That's not necessarily an apology. It was more like... Our bad. We didn't think it was gonna no, be that was, big of a was, shit. It was like, yo, it was just a line. You no, know what right. I'm saying? It's nothing personal. Like I knew Puff, I didn't know Big, but I knew everybody in that whole camp. Right. And to this day, everybody in that camp, I'm super cool with. Like right. me and Caesar, super cool. Me and Puff are cool. Me and Kim are cool. Me and his manager Mark Pitts at the time was super cool. So it was like, and and a lot of those people in his camp, I knew before records. Right. So it was like, you know, it's not like I met y'all just making records and stuff like that. I've known, like, for example, Big's manager and A Sharp were classmates mm. from elementary school. So that's how I knew Homeboy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like those type of things. So it was just more like the thing that was bugged out though, I don't know, I don't know what exactly what it was though. When you listen to the music, when you listen to the song, I paid no attention to it. I just thought, oh, this is a clever line. No, yeah. I don't know how it became. And I was talking to people, my man. 
people hyped it up. You know, people just made it like, yo, Biggie murked you. And they and they they ran with it and they believed in it because at the time Biggie was the hottest dude out. So people are more sheep than leaders. And you know, they just was like, yo, we gonna if he says it's whack, it's whack. Yeah, that's what that was the turn. And like 94. All the sheeps came out, and you, it was yeah. just like we were talking earlier. It was just like your favorite teams. Like before, you would listen to put it like this. There's a classic example. I used to bump MC Shan, uh huh, and I loved the bridges over. You didn't have to choose sides. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, I love Karis One, I love MC Shan, I love Shantae, I love Fruquan, even though she murked him on stage. You didn't, you didn't have to pick sides. But once this ninety four, ninety five, because happened, what happens is people flock to the potent to money, and they, 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 money is magnetic. So once you see now, this was the first time in hip hop, especially in the New York scene, where we can physically see the money being made. Like we didn't see how much money LL Cool J was making or Russell Simmons made. They wasn't, they wasn't on Run DMC. They were making good money, but they weren't throwing it in our face. Nah. So from '94 with the Bad Boy era, it's like, yo, we got millions of dollars and we putting it up. Mm. We showing y'all. And when you start doing that, people start to choose sides. Money changes everybody and everything. Yeah. And people start choosing sides and they want to be. They want to be on the money side because it's like you're not gonna get any of their money, right? But you, just, you know, yeah, it's yeah. movements. It was a lot of movements starting. You know, even before that, it was like a Wu Tang movement, even though that wasn't a money based movement. But the movements that started garnering a lot of checks mm-hmm. started to happen. Wu Tang, Bad Boy, Rough Riders, Death Row. These were movements that were happening, and people just started. Doing this, you know, DC Marvel thing. Like, who you, who side you on? <laughs> exactly. And and the other thing, and I, we always had this argument. Well, not argument, but discussion. Like, eighties, early nineties. That was really, even you know, given the bad boy, the shiny suit era. That was still the most bragging stuff back in the eighties. But the thing was, it was all attainable. Run yeah. DMC come out and be like, my Adidas. I'm like, shit, I went to Foot Locker. I got some Adidas too. LL yeah. say, my radio. I got a fucking JVC too. So yeah. you, it was all attainable. It wasn't like, look at this $1,000 bottle of malt liquor. It was a, it was OE. It was like, yeah, I can go down to 7-Eleven and get OE too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what, that's what made it dope. It was just the fact. And I was telling my man, I said, the reason why that thing blew up like that is because Kwame was using your word I think a movement if he if you were nothing <laughs> you know if it was like if you was just if you was uh, uh, Skilo <laughs> people would just be like alright it wouldn't have made it, was, it wouldn't have been an impact it only yeah. it's only impactful if everybody knows what it is yeah you nobody until you know so that so that that was that was just what I what I had, uh, thought about that um uh what annoys you about hip hop now? Oh, <laughs> let me give you an example. All right. I was at a show. I was at a club last night, and these dudes came in, and it was like they had the rapper kit on. It was the shiny snapback, 
with the big shiny stunner shades on. The shirts with the pictures in the front and the leather sleeves. The tight leather jogging pants. With the, you know, strappy sneakers. The fake ass diamond chains. They're all standing there doing the same poses they see on TV. It's like emulation. It's like Halloween. Rappers like Halloween now. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's the same character. Right. And then they get on stage. I want to give a shout out. This one is in the building. That one, nobody knows who any of these people are. You're spending more time <laughs> shouting everybody out because it's like you're, you're getting a chance to act like what you see on TV. Yeah. And then they start performing. How the hell the hype man has the only working mic. The other, the rappers were so busy holding their chains up and showing their grills and doing the movements that they, you, you know, not to sound like I'm rapping, but yo, you so busy trying to look the part, you forgot about the art. You know, it's like, you just, you just up there, you, you, you know, you trying to be, you know, they came with a gang of chicks and it's like, they the, they the video. Yeah, it's like, yo, rap has become, rap has become a parody of itself. Everything and everything a rapper does now, I don't care who the rapper is, most of the rappers now are what we would have made fun of back then. Definitely, they're caricatures. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, People don't understand why I've been doing a lot of R&B music. It's because I don't believe in the rap records. I don't, I don't believe in it. And 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 I was talking to my boy. He's around my age. And we were saying the thing about hip-hop was hip-hop was supposed to be for us. And the older generations just didn't get it. But if they wanted to get it, we could break it down and it would make all logical sense. Yes. Now, I'm the older generation. I look at the younger generation of hip-hop. I get it. I understand exactly what they're doing, what they're saying, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it. And I'm saying, that shit is whack. For the most part. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I can't, I'm not, not everybody's whack. So, so for the most part, that stuff is whack. And all you, you so concerned with, quote-unquote, being turned up, you're not concerned with what just the energy you're putting out there everything is about being turned up yeah. everything it's like yo you know really everybody y'all just came into this game millionaires y'all everything is just instant fame it's microwave yeah you know it's like chicks you know excuse my language chicks can suck somebody off and they're famous now you know what I'm saying instant dudes dudes could just throw a bunch of money on the floor and now he's famous it's like and, and and I could go on for days. It's like, and I also, you know, I was like, hip hop has totally deconstructed what a beautiful black woman is. It's totally deconstructed. A woman now cannot go outside looking like herself anymore because she needs to compete with what's going on in those videos, in those pictures, 
you know, it's the the the, the ridiculous weaves now, the ridiculous eyelashes, no, eyelashes. Like snuffleupagus. Yeah. You know, it's like they have totally deconstructed themselves to the point where I can't get behind it at all. I, you know, certain things, yeah. Will I do a rap project with somebody if it's the right situation? Cool, but I never got into this game strictly for the money. So for me to sit up there and do some rap record with somebody just for a check, I'm yeah. gonna hate it, and I'm gonna I'm not gonna do it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna miss this week's this month's car payment because I ain't doing that shit. Yeah, I told my man he was rhyming. I said, listen, if you blow up, you're gonna hate the song that blew you up. You'll never want to perform it because in order to blow up, you gotta make some bullshit. Yeah. You, you, and if if you are a hip hop dude. Whatever blows you up, you, you, you're going to despise it. You would be sick of performing it. it. If you're a hip-hop dude at 20, and then you start doing your old-school circuit by 35, if you still think you're going to be behind that dumb shit you said at 20, <laughs> you know, at least, look at Slick Rick. Slick Rick is 49 years old. Mm -hmm. He can get on stage and tell a story like Lottie Dottie. From a perspective of yo, check out, check out what happened to me when I was 19. Yeah. And it wasn't from 19 to 49. You know what I'm saying? He could say all these words the same way and, and still get the same feeling. Mm -hmm. I just don't. This I stuff just, is not timeless. I don't know if somebody's gonna get on stage at 49 and tell us about Molly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so back. It's gonna be terrible. Yeah, it's, it's not time. They don't make timeless classics, and people throw away, throw out that classic word far too much. Well, you can't like, tell what's gonna be a classic until, like, you know, for example, people say only you or the rhythm or classics. I didn't think they were ever gonna be classics well, when yeah. I made them. Well, you, you know, you just gotta be like, we knew. I guess, so like my perspective is different. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like from a, 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 a creative perspective. Yeah. But it's like, I never would have thought me in my 40s, I'm going to be rapping about the stuff that I rapped about when I was 16. You know, and I don't feel stupid rapping about it. Well, I mean, it was partly because it, it was part of the art and, 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 and the, the, what really fucked up rap hip hop is it turned into a job for people more so than a hobby or an art or a feeling because before and it's just like basketball that's why I don't really fuck with the NBA like that anymore because my theory was always if you a hip hop head and the people like yourself you're artists if, if you never got into the studio on Christmas you would have still been outside rapping somewhere yeah. You would have been on the block rapping. You would have been with your man rapping. Just like basketball. If Magic Johnson wouldn't have went to Michigan State, he would have been playing basketball on the court somewhere. But yeah. a lot of the NBA players right now, if they said, nah, there's no money in the NBA, they would never pick up a ball again. And rappers, if they was like, yeah, rap, we're not really paying you like that, they would not pick up the mic again. There's not... Like, perfect... Animal. Well, you're right, you know, but it can go... I just... I, I wish... Rap has to get totally deconstructed for it to be great again. Like, I, I just need rap to go the way of classic jazz. Hmm. 
a classic jazz musician, even a gospel artist, when they make records, they ain't making no money. They'll go on a gang of tours and stuff like that, but technically they're not going to get record money. Right. But they do it because that one kid, he loves to play the sax. He loves to play the trumpet. He loves to play the piano. He, that's his thing. He loves right. jazz. He don't even understand it. He's 19 years old. He's listening to Theon, Thelonious Monk or, 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 or Charlie Parker or somebody like that. And he can't understand why that's the stuff he want to make. And he don't care. He he's gonna get a deal with Blue Note or whoever. They're gonna pay him twenty thousand dollars. He's not gonna buy no chain or nothing. That's just he's a gonna, bonus. He's gonna get himself a little apartment in Harlem somewhere and pack a bag and go on tour and rock for the rest of his life. Yep. Hip hop needs to be that now. I, I don't all that once, you know, every rapper could get a Bentley and every rapper could get a Ferrari. Like, come on, man, that's so corny to me, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's no good. It's it's the same. Yo, we could. I could talk to you about this stuff forever, um, but I'm gonna let you go. Um, yeah. um, uh, last things. Uh, um, we got the algebra. We plug that again. Yeah, algebra. Bless it. Uh, new album that I'm. I'm the executive producer on, and I I produced five cuts on that album. Um, it comes out tomorrow. Everywhere. iTunes, Best Buy, Amazon. The artist's name is Algebra Blessed. The album is called Recovery. This is a sophomore album. If you love great songs, great storytelling, great R&B, that's the album to buy. So definitely check that out tomorrow. Yeah, no doubt. And um, um, on Twitter, we got we got we got my man on Twitter. Give me your handle. Yeah, Twitter is Kwame Did It. D I D I T. Kwame Did It. Um, Facebook, Kwame the Boy Genius. Instagram, Kwame Vision. Yo, you have to get him on Instagram. It's hilarious. Hey, I'll be putting some crazy stuff up there. The old but, uh, school pictures are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, at Geek Mode Online. Yes, and at Geek Mode Online. If you're into the comic book stuff, the figures, the sneakers, the, the toys, all that kind of stuff, geekmodeonline.com or on Twitter, at Geek Mode Online. Same thing with um, Instagram, at Geek Mode Online. Check us out. Yo, um... Oh, man, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. We got and I got to get the rest of the alumni on the joint. I gotta get I gotta get everybody else on here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We about to we about to hit a European tour, um, in a month or two, and so so we you know we real gassed about that. Yeah, that's what's um, up. So, you know, I'll try to make it happen. Get everybody up on it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yo, um, Daredevil or Batman? Who wins? Come on, man. Nobody beats Batman. Nobody. Rogue. Nobody. Uh, Rogue or Wonder Woman? Rogue versus Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Thor versus Superman. Superman. Okay. All right. Hey, I just I gotta. I I hate when people go Thor versus Shazam. I'm like, yo, Thor is one god. Shazam is seven. Shut up. (laughs) Yo, on that note, look, we I'm gonna get out of here. Thank you for listening. I don't know how long we've been talking. This might end up being a two-parter. Anyway, um, um. for my man, boy genius, man genius, K1, Quan Beta. That's right. Yeah, we have. All right, peace. <laughs>